Hey, this is Bob in the Don't Die Podcast, brought to you by Ohana Fest down in Dana Point, and brought to you by Live Nation, bringing you concerts all over the world. It all begins with getting off drugs, people. Let's go out and live life. Get sober, get the right treatment for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Chuck. That's the thing. Right. Right. To live, to seize the day and live. And there's Jeez. been a lot of death around my camp. Oh, no. So, so yeah, it's just, I mean, everybody that listens, he must be losing people every week, just like we are. I mean, it's crazy. So fucked up, this fentanyl stuff. It's in everything. You know, there are probably fentanyl in cheeseburgers now. There's fentanyl in everything. <laughs> I would, I would hope not, but don't give any weirdos any ideas. I know I mean, that whole thing down in, in uh, Houston. Who knows? Sounds like fentanyl to me. I watched all the videos. Like I understand there was a crush, and you know, for those that you don't know, at a Travis Scott concert, there was there was eight deaths. But I watched the videos. Those, you know, they look like fentanyl overdoses to me, Chuck. I don't know if you watched some of the really harsh videos. Just, 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 yeah, just it, enough it, to get the idea. Those were very, it was weird. It was really odd. And then that well, the security one guard. I, didn't I send you, yeah, that whole nicked in the neck. That's bullshit. All you got to do is touch somebody with fentanyl. As long as you have rubber gloves on. You don't need to nick them with a needle. That's just bullshit, I think. But there was definitely fentanyl there. And. Because I'll give you an example. If, if you look at the one video where Travis Scott is watching a girl get pulled out of the pit. Have you seen that video? I think so. And he's so. singing. He's singing. And the girl is obviously dead. Um, wh what they're pulling her out of is not a crushed up situation. There's not a million people are crushed up against each other. I, I think more will be revealed is what they say in the AA. More is going to be revealed about this. I think there was a, a, a crushing event, but I think there was also fentanyl down there. I just, I, I just believe it. I watched that video also with the girl being pulled up, and really, you can't tell whether she's passed out or whether she's dead. I mean, no, she's probably dead, a Mike, lot. Of, you never, you never had seen a dead body before. That's dead. I, how do you know? There's I, it, unconscious. Yes, unconscious. You you don't know unless you're right there whether they're dead. You can't tell. Well, Narcan brings unconscious them back to life. Uh, well, unconscious. You know, yeah, you know, you know, you know it was the no thing. Unconscious isn't isn't blue. Isn't not breathing. Isn't limp. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't. That judge girl is unconscious, just, blue, and limp. It looked, it looked to me as if it, she was just. Um, yeah, she was blue. Like, you know. So, so what? What? But they. The, if you look at the, the, you know, look at the stuff in the Washington uh, Post, there was twenty four people they used Narcan on that came out of that, you know, trampling or whatever. Well, you know, and people could have, you know, just you don't use Narcan. And the, the and point, yeah, and they got fentanyl in them, right? But, right. But the thing is. You don't use Narcan on people that got got crushed no. in a rush at the stage. <laughs> no, it's you not don't. Your, it's not, it's your not even the go to. It's not <laughs> your go to, right? Well, they were so, crushed. Quick, get the Narcan. <laughs> it's just awful. And little kids it's, were there. And it's, it's, it's just it's, awful. It's but, totally rotten. And at first, I was so confused. And I guess 
is, I guess it makes me racist. I guess I am because I heard Travis Scott and I thought that had to be a country singer. Yeah, I know that Travis name. Yeah. That, that actual, Travis Scott. You know, he's actually, here's an interesting thing about like peel behind the curtain that, you know, he's actually the third generation of, of elite academics. His name is Jacques. He has like a very interesting name, like four name word. His grandfather was the president of Houston College. I mean, he's he comes from intellectuals, but so he's educated and, and from money and smart. Yeah, yeah. And all but that. what's interesting about him though is he. I don't know if you, I'm assuming you know nothing about him, Chuck. Is that fair to assume? true? <laughs> Did never heard of him okay. until I thought so, it was a country show. And so I thought I that was so him, weird. I saw him. I saw him in like 2017 and I was like, this guy's punk rock. This guy's been to punk rock shows and rage against the machine shows. And that's what this is. This is rap with punk rock aesthetic, right? He's a punk rocker. And so what they do is they have a slam pit and they call it raging, but it's just a slam pit. And I don't know about you, but I've been to about five, six, 7,000 shows where there's slam pits <laughs> and there's people crushing against each right. other and stuff like that i just suspect that that fentanyl was so has something to do with what happened down there because let me tell you that was friday night or saturday night the next night sa saturday night that was friday night saturday night i get the call guy i love got some some cocaine that apparently wasn't completely only cocaine same as those comedians it's just so fucked up. Why are these people putting fentanyl in cocaine? What what is what what is going on? Like I feel like a grumpy old man that doesn't know what's going on. I don't understand why you'd put a deadly cocktail together. Why wouldn't you just buy Coke, Chuck? And you deal with it more on a street level every day. I'm kind of removed in my, you know, front intake marketing job. But on the streets, like People are getting drugs that, that, that fentanyl is in, and they didn't buy fentanyl-laced Zanibar. They didn't buy fentanyl-laced cocaine. They just got it, right? right? I mean, that's happening a lot. Absolute, absolutely true. So and people are, the don't drug, know, are the drug dealers so stupid? They don't know which bindle is which? Is that what's going on? I'm trying to figure it out. You know, it's that's the, uh, the looks on their faces when we say, man, there's no... Uh, there's no benzo in your ua and we send it to the lab you know there's no um opiates in your ua it's um fentanyl and they, oh, oh okay they don't even it's just so strange that people don't even know what it is they're getting or how much of what is in what they're doing very few it's not all of them but very few are fentanyl purists and yeah i, 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 I don't even it's so massive, right? The profit is so big. And this goes back to 10 years ago when I read in the New Yorker magazine that you could buy $1,500 worth of fentanyl and convert it to $13 million worth of product. I said, this shit is here to stay. Get, get the numbers correct. Now, the numbers have gone up the the, the, because we've banned delivering amazon you know <laughs> yeah, you can't, of, just, you can't yes. just buy fentanyl from chinese mid mid middleman anymore but 1500 to make 13 million 
Like as soon as I saw that math, I was like, oh my God. That's better oh than cryptocurrency. Yeah. That I mean is better than Amazon <laughs> stock. Right. <laughs> so that's that like that's Warren Buffett territory right there. Yeah. I'd so, buy me a penis plane and fly around in outer space. So I haven't been up to speed like once they once the federal the feds were clamping down on it and China China clamped down on it, what the price point is. So here's the thing that I found out from a very street level dealer guy. Uh, car fentanyl was invented because of that, because of the Obama administration stopping fentanyl, getting the Chinese to agree to stop it and all this kind of stuff, right? So car fentanyl is 50 times stronger than fentanyl and right. it's smaller to produce. So here's the newest math that I was told on Sunday by a real person who knows two kilograms <laughs> makes two kilograms makes 15 kilograms. Okay. So I don't know what the kilograms go for. So that's like a, like a 700%. Yeah. And, and, 700%. Then, and, and then whatever the difference is, the sale price, because you're buying it wholesale. Right. I mean, it's like, it's the, just crazy. The, the money's dumb, but I mean, there's, uh, so that's so at the bigger that's at the bigger distributor level. So the dumb kid who was selling fentanyl, I believe, probably at Astro World, right. he's he's got say you know fifty pills that he paid fifty bucks for, and he's going to sell them for twenty bucks a piece or ten right. bucks a piece, right? Likely it's twenty. Still, it's still massive amounts of money, even at that junkie level. Right. Right. Because I remember I would get, <coughs> I think I got a gram for 35 and I would half it and sell that for 40 and then I'd keep half. Right. Right. So and that's only like out. a yep. fit. That, that's, that's only like, that's, I'm only getting my money back and able to stay high for a day. If you're selling 5,000 of, what is it? 20 bucks times 50 is what? A thousand bucks for a $50 investment. You're rolling. Yeah. Do you understand well, what I'm well, saying? Well, not only that, but there were, you know, there were 50,000 people there. So of those 50,000 people, at least a thousand had to think it was a good idea to sell there. And it doesn't take up a lot of room. I mean, you're talking about small pills, right? I mean, you're talking about yeah, you just have things thing. that look like that look like oxys, that look like Xanax. And I mean, and Xanax bars are tiny, you know, and you can sell those for five. If you're at a show, you could let them go for twenty dollars. Well, a piece these easy. kids that I the, the kids that I talked to on Sunday, they have no fear of getting caught or arrested. None. The cops don't do anything. I'm Nothing. just worried about them taking them when I get to the show. <laughs> I, I got a question. How do, you, how do you gauge the, I mean, just think about it. Like when we used to get high 30 years ago, you know, it was heroin, right? Well, so uh, oxy, I mean, uh, uh, fentanyl is 500 times more powerful than heroin and carfentanil is 50 times more powerful than fentanyl. Fine. That's 25,000 times more powerful than heroin so we're we're like fucking horse and buggy we don't even know right? i know we're it, it, it's crazy and and here's the thing you know everybody in america i don't care who you are i don't care if you don't even have a drug addict person in your life should carry narcan around in their pockets yeah no now shit. i'm gonna blow your minds 
before all this, before, you know, the Astroworld, on Thursday, we had an OD at our sober living. Um, uh, you know, kid was in the car blue. He's alive, thank God. Um, Paul, my friend who works with me, uh, saw him, was going, walking out to his car, saw the kid slumped over, knew something was wrong, went over to him, he's blue, gets him out of the car. Uh, and his, I'm just going to give you a hint, uh, Chuck, his drug of choice was fentanyl. This is not a kid mm. that accidentally is getting it at a concert or accidentally buying cocaine that he thinks is just cocaine. This is a kid who loves fentanyl, drug of choice upon admission, blah, blah, right? Right. Guess how many Narcan spray, you know, <laughs> up the nose things it took to resuscitate him? Oh, boy. Uh, I I would hope not more than I because I, I know that people use two or three on them that where we've had overdoses that live, but I don't know how many. Eight, eight. Wow, six of ours and two of the paramedics. Eight shot. Now you know, given you're nervous and you're got to you know, and you don't get it all up in the nose. I understand that too, but but the paramedics did too. And then he finally came to and they were applying chest, whatever. So he lived like, what if there wasn't eight Narcan spray things? Right. You know what I mean? Right. You can't, no. you can't, you can't. The luck of that kid being alive is that guy was walking out of the sober living at that time. The sun was shining in a way that you could see him slumped over in his car. Right. Because mm -hmm. I, I love thinking about all how lucky we are to have survived our addiction. Um, because it's a real sunny street. There's no trees and just been, you know, you know, it's been so gross and bright and gray <laughs> overcasty, <laughs> right? So if that, if it's, if it's sun shining on his windshield, you don't even see him in the car. So the sun had to be shining in a certain way. The guy had to come out and see him. And not be on his cell phone, or so not pay, or and have paid attention and get him out and know about Narcan and how, get the run and get the two out of his car, and then that doesn't work, and yell to people in the sober living to go get the med, the emergency box, and bring more out and give them and call nine one one, and all that had to happen for this kid to be alive, mm -hmm. right? And the sad part is for him. I overdosed again. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's number right. number ten, number eleven, number twelve. So, yeah, so, it's like it's like live to overdose another day. So everybody's got to have Narcan. I'm just convinced. Like we need to get Narcan down to like ninety nine cent store level. You know, we need yeah. to have Narcan that is available anywhere at any time for like two bucks. Because. You know, or, or we're, we're going to have 100,000 overdose deaths for sure that we are. And I know everybody's been obsessed with, you know, this flu forever. Um, you know, 700,000 in America died of this. I guarantee you within five years, 700,000 people are going to die of fentanyl. I guarantee you. And, and do mm. we talk about it? Is it anywhere in the media? Are we educating in our schools? Are we... Are we yeah, doing anything? DEA did. They finally released one pill can kill. <laughs> oh, is that a new thing? One pill can kill. Yeah, that's their their latest um, war on. Fentanyl. Oh, he's like the brain on drugs. Well, but we, one, we used one to sit around Frenchie's house. We used to sit around Frenchie's house, and that weird is your brain on drugs with the mm -hmm. egg, right? And 
you know, this is a different era. So understand that um, people reacted differently, but we would always say, <laughs> I'm going to say it and I'm probably going to get in trouble, but we would just say, that girl, it's really hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. the, girl, the girl in commercial was very attractive uh, yeah. you know, that's the only thing that we took away from that as we were smoking crack that girl yeah, but that but that whole idea of an egg getting hot and snapping it, it, that wasn't scary you know, I didn't even scary. understand what they were talking about. Is my you know, brain going to fry up and I'm not going to be able to think? I didn't even know mm, what they were saying. My brain looks it, delicious. And if you're a sophisticated <laughs> drug user that knows that heroin affects your respiratory and you're always, you know, when people at OD'd, we're always trying to get them to breathe and wake them up and walk them around. And then they got this television commercial about an egg frying. It was <laughs> fucking stupid as shit ever. So I'm uh -huh. imagining... Uh, the one pill can kill program is pretty stupid. Yeah, that's there. It's 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 the government's uh, finally recognizing it, and I haven't I haven't seen or much heard much of it other than what I've heard through like my counselor emails, you know, from uh, the CCAP and the KD and all those people send me, hey, look, people are noticing, and that's all we got. So, but uh, good news, people are getting sober, Chuck. People are getting sober. Really? Huh. People literally what when when I went to my first NA meeting, I think I was in Cry Help. I wasn't a big NA. I didn't really know much about NA, but NA was Cry Help was an NA program. So this is in 1992, maybe, is when I went to my first NA. And they say the thing, jails, institutions, or death, right? Uh -huh. And I just thought, what a bunch of melodramatic bullshit, right? And literally now my life consists of voice messages and text messages and emails from people who have gotten sober and transformed their lives and telling me their story and, and whatever, or urgent ASAPs, you know, call me, we had an event, blah, 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 or bad news and another friend of mine's kid died or a friend of mine, you know, died or, or somebody's in the hospital from an overdose it's literally that that's the only there's no in between anymore it's literally text messages emails that somebody died or text message emails that somebody trans transcended and overcame their addiction and the reason why mm -hmm. i'm getting so many of the and you know for a couple a year and a half two years i was only getting the death ones the last two months i've been getting dozens of calls and emails every day mostly phone calls, text messages, voicemails, because Bob and the monster is on Amazon for free and people are watching it and it's being recommended to anybody that watches anything about drugs. It, I just know from all the calls I'm getting, it's something to do with the Amazon prime algorithm. So if you okay. watch something with drugs on it, you get Bob and the monster, you know, on your, on your cover page. Right, okay. because yeah, people yeah. are watching it like crazy, and it's so strange. I realized, like, it it's so long ago to me that movie, and so it was such a different part of my life. But it really does make a statement about drug addiction and overcoming and getting sober. It really does. Well, right? I'm glad that I'm glad that people are contacting you with the good news now too. You know, yeah, because this, this, this woman sent the nicest voice message yesterday. It was just so nice. She was a pharmacist. She lost everything and, and she's living 
you know, back home in another state. And, but she's so grateful to be alive and so grateful to be sober. Like I used to hear that shit every day at work, every day. <laughs> and yeah. I haven't heard that shit at work in a long fucking time. And now I'm hearing it because people, because an algorithm on Amazon prime is playing sending people Bob and the monster to watch. That's so cool that it, that it, that it keeps going. I love it when people ask me if I've seen it. And I go, what? <laughs> what? Is it who? on Amazon? Bob who? Is it on Amazon? <laughs> no, but you know, but, that that holds up. I rewatched it a few weeks ago because a friend of mine asked me if I had seen it. And I said, well, hey, do, do you yeah. watch the show Dope Sick? No. Okay. I think that's Dope with Sick Frankie. That, no, it's dope sick is uh Michael Keaton's in it. It's the right, TV it's show. a dramatization about uh Purdue, right? Yeah, so that's like a big hit on Amazon. I think because of that, they're recommending Bob and the Monster. I'll take it any way I can get it, but it's really given me hope that lots of people are sober and getting sober. And I have lost that hope working in treatment because all you hear is like, I'm gonna sue you. I heard it, I'm gonna sue you or sue us yesterday. Yesterday, yeah sue us for what we're just trying to help you man i'm so <laughs> sick of millennials i can't fucking tell you you're gonna sue us i mean because what, what it, huh? because because i love the reasoning it's because because what because the pillows the are different than the <laughs> racism oh, no. i just like what the fuck are you like how, who how did we get into a society where where you threaten to sue people who are trying to help you <laughs> like i was an asshole in treatment i'll tell you that but no, my go-to wasn't i'm gonna sue you my go-to was to attack you for being such a loser working for 15 dollars an hour <laughs> that was how it, like i went directly at the person well that, that was wasn't some fail, like, <laughs> i'm gonna sue you it's just yeah. like what yeah where, well, good, you know? good luck with that you know, on top of that, it's just so shitty that, you know, that's why, you know, it's, uh, I've liked that things are like opening back up again, like a week and a half ago. You guys know chicken, right? Plays, plays guitar, DI, whatever. Anyway, they played at an industrial lot. They played out of the back of a place in an industrial and there were a whole bunch of sober people out there that I hadn't seen forever. It was super cool. Some of them had kids I hadn't seen since. A lot of them were people that I had in treatment five, six years ago and just seeing them all and they're still sober and it was real life and man those a, that it made my day it made my week it's pretty crazy that you know that treatment has become not the epicenter of gratitude and gracefulness and 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 sobriety it's weird yeah. it used and to be the place where everybody we, we used to have to make gratitude lists when i was in rehab you were not, it was not tolerated to like be a malcontent whiny baby. It wasn't. It was like, yeah, 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 whatever. That, you know, my favorite thing that I said, I coined this my, my set chuck. Think of this one. I was trying to come up with my own style chuck back in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. Your own professional style. Trying, yeah, to find, yeah. trying to carve out my own professional lingo. And yeah. I came up with this thing because I always got a, a, a at this time, think about how long ago this was. A venti coffee sweetened with half and half. Venti iced coffee sweetened with half and half was a dollar eighty. When was nice. that, Chuck? 
What year was yeah, that? I wasn't buying because I bed. coined that phrase when people would whine too much. I'd say, yeah, yeah, yeah. That and a dollar eighty will get you a cup of coffee at Starbucks. <laughs> like nobody gives a fuck. That was a good. That was a good one. Yeah, no, now I mean, like, I, I get it. Dollar eighty, dollar eighty. What do you get for a dollar eighty? When I when when I was uh, in detox, there was a sign up that said, "Thou shalt not whine," and that's what they did with people. When you when you when you get to crying, they'd say, "You know, there's the door." And unfortunately, these people have been to so many treatment centers, and they've got so much experience with these treatment centers that that your number. I mean, in the twenties, used to be a big number. It's not anymore. They, they've done. Oh, no, it's not. They've done I mean, hundreds. It's not. But they didn't do them I've like seen, you I've did had either. A whole, I've had a whole group of 13 that have been to more treatment centers than me. So my whole shtick didn't work anymore. <laughs> They're like, is that right? it? But, but when you went, it was it? because you wanted to quit, not because you ran out of places to sleep. Yeah, I, here's the thing I always say to, in my defense. I or Anthony Kiedis paid for my treatment. That you know, like nobody's paying for treatment now. They all got their insurance cards. You know, that's another thing. Is the insurance industry really does reward whining, right? They do <laughs> re all that. How are you feeling? Your belly button is your belly button an innie or an Audi? What are you doing today? How how are you feeling? How are you coping? Blah 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 blah. That's what creates the whole environment. What what you can bill for, right? It's a well, state of mind. Yeah, and they get there already in that state of mind. Like I know everybody I knew, you kept your shit to yourself. You sat on it, right? You didn't open up in front of 30, 40, 50 people and start telling your your sad luck story. And it, these people, that's all they want to do. But you know, uh, there's there's a way around it, and they say, okay, so now what are you going to do with it? I'm sorry those were the cards you were dealt, but what are you going to do now? Because that, that's where I run into trouble is when I talk to people and I go, okay, I get it. His, he, he's, he's sad about this, that, and the other, but what are we going to do today about that? Because I don't know how to pull people out of that regressive. I mean, because that's like why people stop doing like the classic Freud type therapy of the, the whole life regression is because it, it proved to not work, right? Yeah, well, talking about the problem only makes the problem bigger. Talking about the solution makes the solution more evident. That's the that, truth. That's what I was told both as a client and then in school. So we're solution-oriented. We want to focus. Yes, we identify the problem. We also identify what we could do differently, how could we how could we could cope with it, what we could do, be proactive to that maybe would change our feeling about that person, place, thing, or situation. There's none of that. It's just more talk about your feelings and more diagnoses of your mental illnesses and phobias and anxieties, <laughs> right? If you don't have a job in a capitalist society, you're going to be anxious. You're just going to be like, I'm, I, I have a job and I'm anxious. Like it's an, this, this society creates anxiety. That's not what's crippling you. Your inability to cope is what's crippling you, not the anxiety. Everybody's got anxiety. Do you, you know have, what I mean? It's the most overdiagnosed thing in America. Do, do you have an overabundance of dogs that suffer from anxiety in Los Angeles, or is that an Orange County thing? 
<laughs> because everybody has anxious dogs that can't be left alone. They 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 go yeah, they crazy. can't be left alone, and they're well because they're raising their dogs the same way their parents raised them. That's exactly why. <laughs> okay, right? so but let so me it, tell it's you, learned. Think about think about you know, like you know, so many cultures and countries are going to lap us because we're so we're just so stuck in this self-importance and self-obsession and laziness and slothfulness and being right. All, all of America is stuck in it. When you go to uh, Central Africa, like those countries are fucking killing it. They're going to go from third world to first world countries in the next 20 years because those people don't fucking whine. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're just grateful and you're moving forward and you got to you got your life going, you got a job and you got money, you got a place to live, you're doing, you're moving forward. Capitalism is coming to Central Africa. It's like blowing up in Central Africa, have, several have, countries. Did you ever think we'd have a labor shortage? <laughs> we don't have a labor job. shortage. We have a, we have a, a it, oh. well, <laughs> you know, I don't want to, I know there's a lot of people working and I, I'm a little too critical of them. They are just so inept at just the simplest tasks these days right i right. um but entry-level <laughs> jobs at 16 17 18 bucks 19, an hour. I, I met a kid today that's training to become a triple a repair guy 19 dollars an hour while he's training right that's right. a and good they, job and they probably are having bonuses if you'll sign on I mean, I see that, that that's happening. That's not a good job in Southern California, but that's a good job in fucking Nevada or uh, in Oregon or like Arizona. That's a good job. You, you'll take home like 700 bucks a week. Rent, you know, if your rents, if you get a one bedroom apartment for a thousand bucks, you rent 500 bucks, your utilities are 700. You're, you've got like 2000 bucks a month in your pocket to go eat and go have fun and be a kid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. it's so weird. And it was a hard job. They came out here. I, we're going to get into the RV in a second check. So they okay. came out <laughs> here. So I came home, like I ignored that the RV hasn't worked since, uh, Ohana. I just ignored it. And then it got so dirty. I'm just like, oh my God, look at, I spent 10 grand on that fucking thing. It looks like a homeless, you know, it looks like it could be parked in, in a, on the street in LA with people living in it. So I tried to wash the windshield and then it motivated me to try to figure out what's wrong. So I charged the batteries and it still didn't start. And I was like, holy fuck. And then I thought my battery charger's bad. So then I go out, we have this other Jeep that we use that is the illegal Jeep where we let the kids put the back down and we have a bunch of pillows and it's like, a, you know, they can lay down. They don't have seatbelts on. I only use it uh, to go to the desert, by the way. It's like the Waylon Jennings mobile. It's like a 2005 Jeep with pillows and blankets and like so the kids can lay down and have fun and not have to be in a car seat or a seat belt or a booster seat fuck all that so so i go out there <laughs> address your letters I, to bob Forrest, please <laughs> because it's a, a 2004 car that you can jump start a, a car with right right so i go to get that car that's down the hill a little ways i go to get it it's got a flat tire 
I'm like, holy shit. Uh, I got a Winnebago that won't start. I got a fucking Jeep, you know, rebel wagon that has got a flat tire. I got hit by some lady with no insurance. I got a big dent in my car. Then my life is falling apart car wise. So, so this morning I got up early and I called AAA. They came out. They had this guy, this other kid that's in training. They were so great. They got the tire out from under. They fixed the tire and everything. And I and he was opening the back of his truck, and I go, oh fuck, you got batteries, huh? And he goes, yeah. And I go, can you come over and look at my Winnebago? So he comes over, he looks at it, and he goes, I can get you, I I I can get you one one fifty two plus the uh, tax included. And I said, okay, let's do it. And he put the new battery in the Winnebago, and it wouldn't start. And I was like, holy mm. shit. But the Winnebago has two batteries. And I didn't want to keep the guy here. He'd work so hard and whatever. And he's so cool. So I let them go. And then I switched the battery from the where he put it in to the other battery, took that one out, put that one on that side, turned it over, and it started. So obviously, one of the batteries goes to the starter. And one of the batteries <laughs> goes to all this shit, the wires and the thing, right? Right. started that fucker up and let it run all day to charge up the, the dead battery. Right. So, so here's the thing. I'm thinking of selling the RV. We just don't use it. It just doesn't work. <laughs> okay. I suggested to Sid that maybe we should sell it. She started acting like she's crying because she loves it so much. She, she loves it, but we don't go anywhere and we don't camp and we don't do anything. Yeah. But, but she, it's, it's the promise of camping that exists with, the, with it there. It's the thought that they could say, let's go camping. I have a feeling every Winnebago person in America, unless you're just a nutcase fanatic about them, has experienced this. I bought it. We drove it like maybe 10 times. I just wanted to go away. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bob, you know how much it costs to rent one of those Winnebago's for a weekend? Like 500 bucks. That's it. <laughs> there you go. Rent it out. No, I'm saying, back. Oh, I'm saying that it's never, it, that, it, you never make your money when you buy one. You just rent one whenever you go camping, you know? <laughs> you know, that's what we did with sea dews. We went, we went out to the, the river one time and we could rent two of them for 200 bucks. For half a day and it's just like wow we could do this like 30 times for the cost of buying two of them and we'd have to trailer them and we'd have to take care of them yeah, we'd have yeah, to keep them somewhere them and, and now the, the you know there's all kinds of critters around my property I, and they they're i'm sure they're eating the wiring and eating the fucking uh, wait i thought we were not, trying to sell it this is not we don't want to talk about this oh, stuff yeah, it's no, a I great running see, yeah yeah no, I just, I'm going to get it all detailed and washed and put it out on Foothill with a for sale sign. But um, I'm never, yeah, I'm never going to get my money back. I paid five. I put five into it. I'm not getting $10,000 for that thing. I'm lucky to get 3000 Oh, my God. But there's something about it just going to waste. I just feel like it's going to waste. Or I can double down and we're going to start camping. <laughs> What well, you just might, but but yeah. like Mike was saying, for five hundred we bucks, it would make. <laughs> if I could believe that we're going to use it for a weekend and go somewhere and stay in it, then it would be worth it to keep it. But I'm or really you could rent, about or you could rent one for a weekend, and then it doesn't matter if it breaks down. You just call them and say your piece of shit's on the side of the road, and they bring you another one. 
yeah, this, uh, I, I don't know. I got to think of what to do. But then I customized it so, like, to our family's lifestyle, I'm thinking, like, a punk rock hippie person would like it. But definitely, like, your typical RV people, they're not going to like it. They're I have their not. solution for you, Bob. What is that? You take it to an RV dealer and you trade it in for a $24,000 RV that <laughs> there you is, go. That like is thinking, like doubling down. everybody's going to love it because it's totally cush. And then you just start making payments on that thing until it's paid off. And then I'll buy that, it for five. So I'm doubling, wait a minute, I'm trying to so you, yeah, you're, so I'm you're doubling down on Winnebago when I'm yep. trying to get out. I'm gonna there's, wait, there's not a man in your family if you don't do Mike's plan. The reason you're not <laughs> using it is because it's inconvenient. If you had one that was, you know, a very expensive, very cushy, you'd be down at Bolsa Chica with the family. You know, parked along the beach, you know, having a nice cozy. But I, Mike, you're forgetting that I'm not like you and Chuck. I don't like being around people. I don't like, I don't, I, I like, I want to go to Joshua Tree and just be in that thing and listen to Graham Parsons. I don't want to go be around people at Bosa Chica Beach. You could do a like, lot of, a lot of Airbnbs in Joshua Tree for the cost of that motorhome. Right. It's very cool. I still haven't figured out how the heat works either. I got to figure that out. <laughs> I got, well, I got the air conditioning thing working, but there, you know, the air conditioning thing on the roof is so loud. You can't talk. There's a lot of loud, there's a lot of loudness about that thing too. Right. You forget how loud Winnebago engine, you know, the, the, whatever the engine that makes everything work, that thing is fucking loud. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, right? the new ones, the $24,000 ones, they are quiet. Are they quiet? Or you, or you could go oh, real yeah. big. My folks, they just got rid of their motorhome. They've had a motorhome since, well, I wasn't in the house when they got one for the first time. Or maybe I was. But they, they, they kept stepping up and stepping up. Went from a, a tent. We went from tents to tent trailer to, a, um, to like a, a lazy days with the overhead, you know, things you could look out the window while you're going to where they ended up with the big the big old beasts and you had to store it in another place and you have to have people come yeah, out yeah. and do, do all the maintenance on it. It's like having a boat. And it, they went to, they Definitely went to a boat. I have a, everything I've heard from my friends that got boats. I'm experiencing that with an RV. Yeah. Like it's exactly. a money pit. You never use it as much as you think you do. You always got to store it. Think about, you know, yeah, but I don't know. So, uh, all the excitement of when, when was that? When I was all gung ho about the RV a year and a half ago, it's, it's really faded. It's really faded away. I don't want the RV anymore. I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not RV material guys. I'm not. Well, I'm not. you know, here's something to consider too, Bob. You have to leave your house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, every once in a while. No, I don't. No, I'm saying that you have to be a person that likes to, you know, be away from home and out on the road and, stuff like that and you love your house you've got a nice I house do love, got, i haven't you, you know I, I went to the mailbox in my pajamas and this little kid that lives down the road goes do you work bob i love him that's a, but think about a little kid like 14 years old asks you just straight up you're 12 o'clock in the afternoon. You're in your pajamas, right? Driving down to the mailbox. Do you work, Bob? 
great <laughs> idea for you and the family is you love being at home. You love having the convenience of home. Get yourself one of those, you know, you've seen those teepees that they kind of uh, put up. That yeah, are, yeah, you can go sleep at. Yeah, you no, can go I, sleep at. No, sealed up. We know all, a guy that makes the dope ones. Yes, this, get one yeah. of those. Put that in your yard over in the corner, and you yeah. guys. Well, have no, we can put it up time. where the bears go, and then you'd have to sleep in a tent. The bears be going by. That'd be good. Nah, I don't know if you want to put <laughs> yeah. it too far. Yeah, the bears. You go but get a Brian get Wilson. Let's TV. get back to a kid that's so cool and so confident and so attuned. He's just like, do you work, Bob? Is no problem asking that question. I, yes, you know, that, I wish everyone in America were more like this kid. Like, why is everybody so fucking handsy about things? Like, he just straight up, like, you're in pajamas. I just want to know, do you work? And I, you know what I said, Chuck? Well, COVID, mm. you know, COVID. <laughs> COVID. Well, COVID. you know, well, you know, COVID. COVID that? You know, COVID. <laughs> COVID. Was COVID the biggest kind of like get out of work free card ever? You bet. Like unless COVID. you did what I do. <laughs> I you know, I don't want to get into it, but the I I just I don't know what to think about COVID anymore. Florida did nothing. California did everything. And Florida is about the same as California. How do you explain it, Chuck? How, how do you fucking explain it? It's crazy, right? I mean, I'm not on either side of it. I wear my mask. I got my booster shot. Sydney's getting her shot on the 11th. So my really? daughter's getting vaccinated on the 11th. So, so you know, I'm not on either side. And my best friends don't want to get vaccinated. I totally respect that. Whatever. It's fine. But I just want to, this thing bothers me so much. A state that did nothing. And a state that did everything and the trending is the same. I mean, that's fascinating, isn't it? Well, it certainly uh, is counterintuitive to all the information we've been given so far. So, yeah, it doesn't fit. That doesn't, doesn't fit with the fit. information. And they have we a given. More, how about the fact that Florida has a more aged population than California? So they were higher risk for more deaths. And they did nothing, no masking, no shutdowns, no nothing. We did everything. We're still wearing masks. I'm a, I have a booster shot, and they asked me to wear a mask at Universal Studios. And part of me, you know, like a little part of me tensed up a little bit, Chuck, and a little old Bob Forrest punk rocker was going to come out. And I was just like, Gavin Newsom, you have beaten me into submission. Like, whatever. <laughs> it makes no fucking sense. COVID does not transmit outdoors. Everybody knows that by now. If it did, we'd all be dead. Um, and I have a booster shot. And you made sure that everyone that came in here was vaccinated. Why the fuck do we have to wear masks outside? <laughs> outside. Gavin. Well, people didn't pull him from office either. So... Well, they don't want to, you know, that means that they're supporting Trump or whatever. But that guy ain't going to, that guy's going to get lucky if he can get a job as a dog catcher in, you know, Marin County or something. No one's ever going to elect him to anything ever again. I mean, even my Oh, I don't know. Like, oh, really? Yeah, I don't know. People like him because he looks like a lizard. No, no, no. Let me tell you something about 
four days before the election, my friend said, I said, what do you think is going to happen in, in Virginia? And he said, I think Terry McAuliffe is going to realize that there's more parents than there are teachers. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> there's more parents than there are teachers. Because all these guys are in bed with the teachers unions. Trust me. Every politician in America, every Democrat is in bed with the teachers unions. And that's what Gavin Newsom is. That's why everything shut down. No schools for a year and a half. Though only 500 kids in the United States died of COVID. The schools were shut down for a year and a half. I mean, and it's so weird. I wish Trump would pick the other side of arguments so that the Democrats would have to pick the logical thing, right? So Trump <laughs> should have said, schools got to be shut down. Fuck the schools. Shut the schools down. And then Gavin Newsom and Nancy Pelosi and all the liberals would say, we've got to keep the schools open for the children, Trump. For the children. We have to yeah. think about the children. But yeah. Trump says, leave the schools open. They got to close the schools. It's just so tit for tat with whatever Trump says or said or whatever, you know, the opposite, the other team says, you have to say the opposite. Instead of logical, like, why are we shutting the schools down? Why do we wear masks outside? Just simple questions. Simple, real easy stuff. Not red, red, blue team arguments. Why do we wear masks outside? And the explanation I got from the Universal uh, uh, Studios guy was, I don't know, it's the rule. <laughs> okay. That's right. Yeah. That's just, yeah. Well, and if you ask the people up top, I mean, what else could they say? Is that, I don't know. I was just giving orders, you know, because they really, there's not been a lot of thought process there. You're right. When you politicize a, a virus, like it's been done, it's been great because we've all been so busy chewing at each other's ankles that no one's paying attention to what's going on. And I, I it just makes me hate politics that much more. It just seems so futile sometimes. It's so it's so silly, but I, you know, I don't mind wearing a mask indoors. It's fine, you know, whatever. But outside's a little much. Well, but when it's the same when, Go ahead. When you understand, they screen everyone. You can't go in there unless you're vaccinated, Chuck. You follow me? Yeah. There's no anti-vaxxers in Universal Studios. They take your temperature. They take your temperature and you have to show them that you're fully vaccinated in order to get to the next stage of Universal Studios. So everyone in there, maybe some people slip through, right? But for the mm. most part, every adult in there is vaccinated. That by, by just logical reasoning would say, hey, we're probably pretty safe. <laughs> I, would, I, I would think so. Probably uh, pretty safe. And if you're that able-bodied that you're going to Universal and willing to spend a day walking around and doing all that, you're probably less likely to be one of the people that's going to have, you know, major repercussions from it. But, you know, that's the same thing that Travis Scott, is that his name? You know, there yeah. were people that were pushing that all the deaths were part of his, like, satanic, he, he like, he orchestrated some sort of satanic sacrifice or something. And there, oh are my people God. That, there are people that bite that and run with it and go, oh, yeah, it only fits because here's video footage where he's telling people to jump off the balcony. And here's this and here's that. And it's just like people want people want to be upset 
more than anything, they'd rather be upset than they would find a reason to get along. That's the major problem. And then the well, kids I think rather, up- I think the crazier the lie, the more people believe it. I don't know why. Like, um, it just seems like, you know, the whole QAnon thing is just so crazy. Did you see where, uh, what was going to happen? John F. Kennedy Jr. was going to come life to team up with Trump the other day. And there was like, like thousands of people waiting somewhere where JFK Jr. was who so he didn't die in a plane crash. He's actually been hiding out, fighting the Hillary Clinton child pedophile cabal. And uh, um, and what? now he's going to team up with Trump. You didn't see this? No. What are you reading? Do you know what? You know someone, I'm someone had you, to be laughing so My hard Google, when they made that up. Google. I have no idea how to even. What you have to do is no. I tell you what to Google. Google return of JFK Jr. And you'll see thousands of things. All these people believe he's somehow the Messiah. And he's going to team with Trump and they're going to really change America back to the greatness of the whatever it is, the 80s. Was, what was the great <laughs> era for Trump? Like, well, 80s, right? That's when he know. was really rich and rolling and dating Madonna. I heard and stuff. that age is making a comeback and that the mandate is going to be you got to wear three condoms. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one for each penis. That only Do you makes see sense. the JFK thing? I want I want him to read some of this JFK Jr. stuff. Do you see it, Mike? He, he was supposed to come back like weekend before last, and they were all waiting somewhere for him was, to come back. Here's what happens when you Google shit like that. You get all kinds of other shit like that. That's why I don't ever Google <laughs> I don't ever fucking I don't ever fucking Google any of it because you're gonna get more horse shit. It's like shoveling horse shit out of your fucking front porch and somebody else <laughs> shoveling fucking horse shit back onto your fucking front porch. <laughs> I have I know, but it's horse shit to us, but these people believe it. That and, and why? And it's so random why they pick certain people like 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 John F. Kennedy Jr. Like, why is he so important in the whole in the whole story of the child pedophiles? Why, because why, uh, he's been hanging out with Kurt Cobain, Elvis Presley. I and- would wish it was Kurt coming back. <laughs> I wish Kurt was going to come back and fight with Trump to save America. <laughs> that would be that wonderful. That would make more sense to me. I think Lou Reed could have done it. Hey, you know something came up the other day. More than a feeling blasted on the radio here, like that more than a feeling. That is the Nirvana song. I hate to tell you. Every time I hear Boston, I think Nirvana. (laughs) Do you know what I'm talking about, Chuck? It's similar. There's a certain part of it that is teen spirit. Yeah, teen spirit is so pixie. It's the same sound. No, you listen to more than a feeling by Boston and then Teen Spirit. More than a feeling. More than a feeling. It is. It's the same song. I'm telling you. I know songs. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm saying something Kurt was sitting around going, boy, I'm really, I really love that. More than a feeling by Boston. I'm just going to play it harder and faster and change the words. That's not well, what he was doing. He know. loved Boston like anybody our age, and it came out through him, right. unbeknownst to him. And everybody at home, 
Bob is making these hand motions that are <laughs> out of this it's world. Unbeknownst to him. Well, right. because unbeknownst, I don't know if you know what, I, I never knew there was really a word called unbeknownst, it's but there word. is. Mm-hmm. And Jeff Conaway used it in the first season of, of Celebrity Rehab. I don't know if you remember. And, and it was just one of the greatest things because it really, I knew we were making something that was genuine and authentic because he was explaining uh, 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 what's his name's brother, uh, uh, the guy, what are the brothers from Boston, the actor brothers? Um, oh, no. Oh. The, the guy just shot somebody on a set, that guy. Alec Baldwin and Stephen Alec Baldwin. Baldwin's brother, Daniel Baldwin, was on. And he was already sober and he was gung-ho for sobriety. And Jeff Conaway got caught with drugs in his room, right? And uh-huh. Daniel confronted him. And Jeff said, I didn't know. And Daniel's screaming at me, you did know. You're a scumbag drug addict. You smuggle drugs in here. And this is a sacred place. And it was really a beautiful moment of, you know, re- of, of what I've seen in rehab a thousand times where the people trying really hard fucking go at the people that are trying to get high in the rehab, right? Mm-hmm. And Jeff Conaway goes, if I did, if I did bring drugs in here, it was unbeknownst to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it wasn't. <laughs> it was unbeknownst to me. And I was like, I remember sitting there thinking, what does that mean? Unbeknownst. That's a that's a cool word. Unbeknownst to me. And and he claimed that he just found, you know how they do it, Chuck. You've never yeah. worked in a rehab, Mike. Here's what they do. You catch them getting high. And they always insist they only found this one thing and they found it in their suitcase and it's, yeah, there's it, none left. They always say the same thing, that it was unbeknownst to them. <laughs> that they, that they, and, and I'm telling you, when I, had, when I worked at PRC, which was a much more hardcore program, um, they would kind of blame us. Well, you searched my shit. Right, right. Like, it's our fault that you right. took drugs. I said, uh, and they always have the same story. They were pulling some socks out. They pulled their socks out and they had a fucking Zanny bar in there or whatever. It's always the same story. It wasn't yeah. that they had their girlfriend smuggle drugs into them last night. It never is that. It's always nope. somehow they reached in a pocket and there was some heroin. And what was and, I supposed you know, to do? And, and what, what was I was supposed, supposed to do? To do? <laughs> like, yeah, you, you guys wouldn't believe me. Turn it you guys in. wouldn't have believed me. You thought I smuggled it in, you know. And, and I always just look at him and I go, "Do I look like a turnip, man? <laughs> do I look like a tur- do I look like I just fell off a turnip truck?" You know how many times I've heard that. It's uh, the same always- story every time, right? Right. Like nine out of ten times, I've had kids say, "Yeah, my girlfriend brought it in," or "Yeah, no, I had it delivered." I had one of the nicest kids in the world. Not a kid. He's I don't know. He's like thirty, but. uh <laughs> he OD'd at Aloe years ago, 10 years ago. And I went and confronted him at the hospital. I said, how many people, how many more people have it? What's going on? Where'd you get it from? And he goes, nobody else has it. Nobody else knew about it. I said, how did you get it? And he said, I had it delivered to the front gate. And I, re- I walked out there and, and the guy delivered it. And I was like, who delivered it? And he's like, Uber. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good 
good one. <laughs> well, but it's it's funny that people they do that all the time. But I mean, how often do they just leave something in the bushes out front? I mean, you've got to do full yeah, searches yeah. of everything because hey, does, can I go out does, front and get a cigarette? But I want to know how the Uber thing works. So what do you just say? So so a drug dealer. So a guy <laughs> calls an Uber car to from the drug dealer's house to go to the <laughs> rehab and it's all digitally done and so then the drug dealer just brings out drugs into the uber car and the uber driver doesn't even care how does it work probably an envelope or something filled with shit or some kind of package yeah but does the uber driver just like do that it, it they couldn't care? Tell you. yes they could for a tip yeah sure well, I mean, for a twenty dollar tip, yeah, you can't tip twenty. You can only tip one, three, or five. Anybody you want, you can hand them a twenty dollar. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always usually give five, but I gave a guy three the other day because he got lost. Like, what the fuck? How did he get lost? Yeah, this whole thing is gridded out by Elon Musk. He's got the whole thing gridded out. How did we get lost? The guy got lost. That's hard to do. It's hard Even to I, when you because I have this system that I do once every two weeks after it rains. It just rained a couple of weeks ago. I take and I drive one of the cars to the to the to the car wash, and then I leave that one there, and then I Uber home, and then I drive a new the next one there, and then I drive that old one home, and then I do that, and then until I have to Uber to pick up the last car, the third car, right? So I Uber. Home from there, and I Uber back. The guy got lost going to the fucking car wash from my house. Mm. It's like it's like a mile point seven away. You he could probably down. save money hiring somebody to go with you. I and mean, you still tipped him three dollars. Three, yeah, three. I, I would have just bad. said, forget the tip, pal. <laughs> <laughs> You're rough. <laughs> he was he was as he was as frustrated as me. He's like, he, he was like this Muslim guy. He's like, God damn it. Where, where, oh. where, where, God damn it. And uh, he, was either, <laughs> he was either a Sikh, he was like a Sikh or a Muslim guy. And uh, <laughs> same and, shit. Same shit. Well, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't going close attention, but he had the, he had the thing on his head. So, okay, he thought you were Irish. You have red hair. Yeah, he thought, well, I am. I, I'm Scottish. I'm Scottish. <laughs> He's Scottish. No, come on. Do we have to tiptoe around race? Everybody that meets me goes, hey, there's a Irish white guy. guy. There's a fucking honky. There's a honky white guy. <laughs> Everywhere I go, my whole life, I've been, I've been, what is it called when they uh, stereotype you? Cracker. Been, uh, you've been, you've been, yeah, you've been profiled. I've been profiled as a white guy. Why? Why yeah. can we not even talk about anything anymore? Nope. Oh, the guy had a white <laughs> turban on his head. What was he? I don't know. That'd be a Sikh. A Sikh. But can it be a Hindu too, or a Muslim? Some no. <clears throat> There's a mosque right next to my house. Some of the people at the mosque wear those things too. He was Zoltar the mind reader. <laughs> He was. No, Maybe he, he was in show business. He was in show business. <laughs> he was in show but, business, exactly. But anyways, he was as frustrated <laughs> as me, and I liked that because if he, because I knew he wasn't jacking me around trying to run up the price, but somehow, I don't know. He somehow he got us lost, and I I thought that was 
impossible in a post Elon Musk world. I thought how technology makes everything perfect. It makes us turn left and waves tells us a shortcut to turning left. And, and, and <laughs> you just follow your phone, follow your phone. And yep. I always think like, uh, you know, what happens when the grid goes down? These people oh. are not going to know how to get anywhere. Oh, I that's going to be, that's Chuck, a scary thought. Chuck, I, me and Mike toured um, and Mike might've handled the important document maybe once, but they used to have these maps of the entire United States. Remember? Right, I forget yeah. what they were called. Thomas Brothers. Thomas Brothers to every yeah. city and state in the United States. Mm -hmm. And we used to, I, I know where I, like, if I didn't have a phone and there was no GPS, I can get anywhere in this country. Yep. Literally. Pages, pages, just from memory. Pages were falling out. Pages were yeah. uh, missing. It was great. Yeah, but it worked. It worked great. It works because you'd go from one page to the next and it was slowly Bob, zero you in. Do you, do you remember that if, so, that if that if the Thomas guide got lost or pages were missing, you'd have to stop into the truck stop, get your cassette of some country music or some weird shit yeah. kind of gifty thing, and then you'd have to buy a local map. Oh, that yeah. You'd For have to buy a local map. Let me tell you this. I wanna I wanna make a theme song because we, we got the Fashante song. That's a song about that's look at that house up there, right? The song that we use. Yeah. I wanna maybe change our theme song or at least have an outro song. How about an outro song, Mike? Because we only we've had that intro song for years and years. Um it's a song called Look at That House Up There, is it not? Yes, Mike? yes yeah. it is. It's a song about John Fashante that I wrote that never came out on anything. Um but I love this song by Merle Haggard because he brought up the cassette tapes. And many a time when I stopped at a truck stop, I bought a Merle Haggard cassette. Yeah. But there is a Merle Haggard song that is so optimistic, Chuck. It brings, and this day and age, I listen to it. My kids know it. Sydney sings it. We'll all be drinking that free bubble up and eating and that rainbow that stew. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is the greatest song ever. Mike, I want rainbow stew in the middle of June underneath those skies of gray. I will all be drinking that free bubble up and eating that rainbow stew. I want that to be the <laughs> outro song to Don't Die. That would be great, Bob, except that's more than we actually make. <laughs> oh, come on. You have to pay people? To pay for, yeah, to pay for that. Yes, sir. Oh, let's but just, we let's can just sing, sing it, it right? Spotify. We can sing it. We can sing it. We can do whatever we, yeah. I, I love that song. Nothing. I listen to it all the time. Can, hey, can we play it and then, and then, it's not really like we're playing it. I'm just playing it in the background right here in my in my room where I'm doing it. Sure, right? go ahead. I don't care. Can I? What'll happen? Will they sue us? They're, I'm gonna Merle Haggard's uh, relatives are gonna sue you, dude. Yeah, I don't know. Oh God, why lawsuits on everything? Oh my God. Hold on, hold on. I'm getting the tights heat up. Here it is, Anaheim Stadium, 1987. I was there. I was there. Oh, well, they're yeah. not going to sue us with that sound quality. I'll be drinking that free bubble up and eating that rainbow stew. <laughs> You've got it up so loud, buddy. Compressing the whole thing. Oh my God, I love Merle Haggard so fucking much. <laughs> All right, okay. We're starting. Here it is. 
I'll be drinking that free bubble up. That's that great. rainbow stew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't make people Good. like Merle Haggard anymore, people. Good night, Chuck. Good night. Good night. Good night, Bob. Send your See y'all later. Of all our racial profiling and all the other stuff to Mike Martino. Good night. I'll be drinking that free bubble up. Good night, Merle. That rainbow stew. stew. See you later. See you guys Bye. later, Matt. Oh, yeah, here goes Merle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll be drinking that free bubble up and eating that rainbow. Rainbow's too. All right. Good night. Uh, later. Later, people. Bye. <laughs> Good night.